D, Avon, Strang, and Wallace. Oh yeah. Presbo, Lester, Hurt, and Carver. Oh yeah. McNulty, Bunk, Carcetti, Omar, and Brother Muson. Oh yeah. It's time for The Wire. We are talking about The Wire. Hello, and welcome to The Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the best show to name something on television, The Wire, before The Wire was the best show that everybody talks about. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, really, though, watch HBO's The Wire. It's really just a, a four-season-long version of this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, they stole everything they want. David <laughs> Simon. Simon, you got you ain't got shit on Deep <laughs> Space. space I, I can't even finish that. Sentence. All right. Yes, uh, my name is Wade Bowen. You just heard James Nolan. Hey, guys. And... Also lurking back there, we have Hugh Crawford. Hello, gentlemen. And uh, yeah, this week we're talking about The Wire. It originally aired on May 8th, 1994. I'm going to read the storyline from IMDb. It is as follows Garrick and Bashir are waiting in line in the mess hall when suddenly Garrick falls ill. An examination reveals an implant in his brain. The device which was implanted a year earlier. Well, that's not true. What? The storyline is already messed up. Oh, yeah. It's like, this Wikipedia or, or IMDb? This is IMDb. It's already messed up. It's to prevent the bearer from giving away secrets whilst being interrogated, but now Garrick's time is quickly running out, and Bashir looks for a way to save his friend's life. In the meantime, Garrick tells him contradicting stories about his past. That is wrong uh, that's, um, and that's the full synopsis right that's long yeah I, I, I went ahead and read the, the yeah i wanted to do it justice rather than okay it's like you're you're bearing you just you're just spoiling the whole thing yeah well but that's fine if you're listening to this podcast you've probably seen the show it's fine right yeah so where does this rank in the pantheon of star trek episodes uh, pretty high yeah this is like one of this this is one of the episodes that when people talk about ds9 this is one that they bring up yeah pre-dominion anyways I think that I'm probably, I think it's safe to say that I probably like this episode slightly less than other people. I, but I, I didn't I, hate I was it. Say, I was worried that I'm too often the voice of dissent on this. And I was going <laughs> to say, I, I was going to refrain from anything like that. I was going to play, play nice to this week because <laughs> I knew that would be swimming upstream. But yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So is this is this the episode where I have to just call y'all a bunch of assholes this whole no, time? Because you don't a, understand. I'm I'm the the nerd rage defender of. The well, war. this is it's a fine episode, but it's yeah not, no no yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to call y'all ass- assholes all episode. I just if I need to on behalf of the fans. Well, I think one of the biggest problems of this episode is that half of it is Bashir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes. well, I thought Bashir was great. I think he's fine. You know, I've said before, oh, finally we have a good Bashir episode. This is all Bashir, and I think he does a good job in this wait, one. Wait, 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 You, I think Bashir is fine. I think that Alexander Sadig is at times hopelessly actory. Yeah. I think he's... I guess I... I, I yeah, I was watching this episode and I was like, oh, there's Alexander. I mean, there's Sadiq being Sadiq. But then I was like, well, maybe, maybe it's my problem. Maybe I'm being a jerk because I've already decided I hate how he acts certain things. Maybe if I come at it and try to see at it from like just a new perspective, maybe I can appreciate what he's doing here. And maybe I did. Maybe it's maybe it's all force of will. But I mean, how do you even judge what great acting is? It's all 
subjective. That's, I mean, you're you're, you're kind of right, and I think that on pay, like I think this is a pretty great script, and it's Iris Stephen Bear is a major element of it. So I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not conforming to form here. I do think that he wrote it with Robert Hewitt Wolf, who he basically I think ex- they are now writing partners for the rest of the show. They wrote some of the late, you know, some of the later greater show episodes together. So I think maybe yeah, well, maybe this writing partner will Ira Bear. I mean, he was just a showrunner. Like when a, yeah, yeah, everybody just talks about Ira as the guy behind the show. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but uh, on paper, one of my biggest issues is that I think that he sort of resorts to a lot of tropes mm-hmm. and a lot of sort of overly simplistic TV thinking in his scripts, which is why I call him a hack. I don't call him talentless. You know, he's just I, I don't think he necessarily uses his power for good. And I think Robert Hewitt Wolf, who is an idea man, was the one that was pitching a lot of these episodes. I think keeps him yeah i mean this you know i think you know i i think they're a perfect monster where i receive and bear knows how to write a tv show you know like a good script is like 50 percent novel inspiration and then 50 percent knowing how to pull this shit off right and i think that their powers combined works better yeah they're like the captain planet of television <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so i mean I will say just off the bat, and I read this in my trying to do research on the history of the show. Right off the bat, Robert Hewitt Wolf's pitch for the show is a lot better. And it kind of broke my heart that I don't get to see this episode. Where it wasn't it wasn't Garrick addicted to a uh, drug. It was um, Kira. Had been since, the, basically she's been a drug addict the whole time on the show. Oh. Oh, wow. Because she was in the shit. Right. Right. She, yeah. Yeah. And so it becomes a thing where she was off uh, battle simulants. She was on essentially the battle uh, stems from Battlestar Galactica. And she'd been abusing them basically in the entire course of the show. And that just caught up with her. Like the whole. So sh- it's basically like she was, a, she'd been in the shit. She's got PTSD and she's been mm-hmm. substance yes. abusing to deal with that. She's been self medicating to deal with yes. the shit she's been through. I mean, yes. talk about being like, you know, prescient. This the show, you know. Yes, I was. I had other stuff to bring up in this episode. You know, it's called The Wire, and Odo is basically, <laughs> hey, let's. It's all oh, yeah. Patriot Act post nine yeah. eleven stuff again. Exactly. I feel. Why do I always bring up nine eleven on this show? But I mean, he's like. Well, oh, no, I, I wrote. Been. I wrote Snowden in my notes several times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Authoritarian Odo is a weird thing. Yes, that's popped up those last couple of weeks, uh, and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, we should unpack that. I have I have several notes about it too. But like, as far as that show that got overruled by, I I couldn't tell if it was Pillar or Berman, but it was one of the two. It was like we're not you're not turning one of our major characters into a drug addict, even though obviously it was a recovering it would be a recovery issue, and she would have been off the drugs by the end of the episode. But you still have to deal with that. It's re- like yeah, it's yeah. a repercussion you have to deal with i mean I, right it i mean that sounds like a berman thing but that's maybe in a jerk too it could also sound like a bear thing too so I don't yeah know. yeah I, I don't know i think it got i think someone higher up than bear overruled it because it's exciting who wouldn't want to write that story you know yeah right yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm literally upset that i don't get to see that story yeah but it's garrick man garrick's the best and no, I, look, this is fine. This is good. And stuff. this episode is this is like this is the episode where if you want to ship Bashir and Garrick, man, this episode <laughs> is great for it. <laughs> like, man, this is like talk about yes, like that, that. That would have been the other. Yeah, that would have been the other thing they could have went and they could have went took this episode in that direction and it wouldn't have. Uh, oh. Wouldn't have fallen apart. Oh, oh, I'd almost argue they did. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's just oozing <laughs> with subtext, and it's it's sort of frustrating that they don't actually go there. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's 1994. They can't, and also 
I mean, Bashir probably wouldn't want to. Though I think Andrew Robinson has said afterward that he thought that Garrick was in love with Bashir. But oh, then yeah. we've we've mentioned previously that Alexander Sadiq was worried that yeah. people were going to start thinking he's gay or whatever. <laughs> I do know that later on, just rewatching some episodes later on, like not to go too deep, but they actually do give Garrick a quasi love interest mm-hmm. later on, mm-hmm. and that does ruin a mystique to me. I you know I always did feel when watching it that that even if it was unrequited that Garrick had a a quiet love for Bashir. Absolutely. Yeah. And he still might, but, well... Yeah, the show took it... Garrick is... I mean, it would be great if he were just totally, like, shipped for Bashir. But also, you know, he's he's at most... Uh, pansexual or bisexual, or you know, sure, sure, they're they're aliens. Who cares? In you know? general, Garrick is a slippery kind of person. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so not to like, say that all like bi or people. No, are, no, no. But know. I'm saying that you can't. Yeah. But yeah, the idea that Garrick would exclusively sleep with any one type of anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's very against his oh, yeah. type. Yeah. His he would do. Yeah. And if it's better for Cardassia, he he would fuck anything for for mm-hmm. the good of the state, maybe. Yeah. Because he's a good Cardassian. He is a good Cardassian. I mean, they talk about that in the opening episode, and then uh, him and Bashir doing their little walk and talk to the replimat that's too busy, and they're talking about the never-ending sacrifice, the most best most best Cardassian novel in history. That Bashir hates. Yeah, because it's all about people sacrificing in the card... Seven generations of people sacrificing for the government of Cardassia. The same thing happening over and over and over again. Yeah. As we're about to break this down, sort of seem, you know, the plot wise, I want to say that this is the first episode in a while that has been gloriously minimal on plot. Yeah. I really like that about it. Yeah. That there's really only, like, you can base, I mean, Hugh described the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot going on, which yeah. gives a lot of room for sort of character interaction, which is what I've been screaming for. So, yeah. This is a good script. Right. There's no B plot to fuck this mm. one up. Like, this is a good script. I'm not shit talking this episode. Right. Like, I, I'm not either. I just don't know if. I think we're kind of on the same wavelength. I think part of the problem is that this is a uh, Bashir Garrick sandwich, and I just prefer my sandwiches <laughs> minus the Bashir. Oh, the Bashir. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You do. You do get a glorious. I want to like Bashir. I want to like him, and and this episode it let me like him because he's. I can see that. Well, it's yeah. I still because see... you know he's not horn dogging after anybody, right? If he's horn dogging, and it's I mean at most. He's in love with Garrick, which I love if that's with the angle, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, here's my central question about, about Bashir, and I've said it over and over. Is he actually a good doctor? Is he good? They show his- that several times in this episode. Well, yeah, and I feel like they almost wait, go out of their way. Wait, wait, wait. Finally, this episode. I, I'm just I, saying. I think that he cares about his pace, like his level of caring is being shown, like a professional care has been. No, I think they actually, but, I think there's an entire scene, two scenes. Oh, the scene where he just show, asked the computer to do all the work for him? By, like, well, they, 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 you, you, know, he, you know what to look for, though. Like, he doesn't he doesn't say, figure it out for me, computer. He says, oh, wait a minute. Basically does. This, he's looking at the data the computer gives know, him, and then he's deciding what to do about it, it. That's what a doctor does. That was sort of a tedious scene to watch, to see him do You're this. right. Okay, there's two. There's two. The scene with the Feed Me Seymour plant, uh, the penis plant. <laughs> right. That also was about his uh, scientific acumen. Right, yeah. And also because... Tobin was a shitty gardener, but Dax is yeah. into plants now. But I did like that scene 
because it did set up a pre-existing thing that we've had before in all the episodes that further the Bashir character. And I've said before, Bashir is really only great or good or passable when he's with when it's Bashir and somebody else like Bashir Uh and O'Brien is good. Bashir and Garrick is great. Uh But every time they also Bashir talks to Dax about his relationships and they have no chemistry. whether they're friends they have no chemistry. whether they're homoerotic relationships or just friendships he talks to yeah. you know they don't have any sexual chemistry or whatever they have but. zero they have no chemistry period well the next, uh, the next I don't, episode I don't wanna, i've watched the next I don't make me shit talk terry farrell yeah you're right yeah no 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 you're right I, that's a two-way street on that one but i know and in fact this is gonna back that up i've watched the next episode which uh is centrally focused around kira and bashir and they act and i know that they're romantic they were a romantic item or a burgeoning romantic item at the time but they actually have Tons of chemistry on screen, and Bashir is better for it. So I, you're, you're right. Terry Farrell manages to somehow ruin the chemistry with everyone she's she's on the screen with. Wow. But, I mean, uh, it's a it's a small scene. I think she. I thought she was fine, and I don't. I didn't think she was. Fine. No, no, no. It's not a bad scene. It's not a bad scene. But we're talking about <laughs> approach. We're, we're talking about putting this on par within the pale moonlight and duet, and these things chisel away at it for me. Oh, uh, wow. Well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Little, little, but but I do think that they're doing as far as Bashir goes. I think that we've said certain things, and you specifically, Hugh, that I think this show was attempting in their right. in their. I mean, this is an Iris Stephen Bear script in their attempts to actually make it work. I think that that plant scene, I think the scene about the leukocyte, was trying to show that Bashir is just. He's just a damn good doctor. And a lot of he cares, but I think that they realized that they never actually said a damn good doctor. And I think that that was what they were trying to do through most of it. And the the other scene, which you always say, is that he never really seems to acknowledge doctor patient confidentiality, where you have that, where he is a solid brick wall against Odo. Yeah. And questioning Garrick. And I think that that is, and I think that was a more successful scene. Yeah, HIPAA laws really matter once it's your friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, of a, all of a sudden, he really cares about doctor-patient confidentiality. I, listen, I... I they, so, they consistency, are... consistency from further episodes aside, they're trying to do it in this episode. Yes, I get that. But this is, uh, to me, it's... Uh, I, I think if we're going to talk about Star Trek doctors, he's still probably one of, as far as physicians is concerned, the last one I'd want to work on me. And that includes Bones, and he slapped a pregnant woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. I, I mean, he is by far the least... He's my least favorite doctor. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm no, not. Cr- I, I feel nothing towards Beverly Crusher, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh no, I, no, no. I, I'd say if I, if I'm in the shit, I want Beverly Crusher to work on me. Probably, He's probably bar none, the best one out of all. I'm that guy who liked the uh, Pulaski. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, well, I'm not going to reference too much um, of a digression. I understand, but. <laughs> I like the doctor, but whatever. But also, no, he was the best. You know, where I'm not going to talk about what the best doctor is, it, just because he's not as good as the other doctors in Star Trek. I'm going to stand up for Bashir in this episode because somebody has to, I guess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like we see them at the rebel mat, and Garrett has his little meltdown. First of all, the rebel mat is crowded, and there's only three restaurants on, on Deep Space Nine: the Klingon place. The Replomat and Quark. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, the Replomat's busy. Uh, well, do you want to go to Quark's? Like, oh, not Quark's. Oh, well, I suppose the Klingon restaurant is out of the question, which goes to, like, they don't have names for any of the restaurants. Right. Even, like, you know, 
I was at a Star Trek convention and I bought a pint glass that said Quark's Bar on it. Though throughout all of DS9, it's never, ref- that's not the name of the establishment. It's just Quark's, which yeah. Quark's is fine as a name of the place, but it's just, it doesn't feel like anything actually has a real name. Well, that's what, bo- what bothers me. It's is like, the what's the name of the Klingon restaurant? It's the Klingon restaurant. The Klingon restaurant. <laughs> or the Replomat. Or what bothers me is that the Replomat is just. A, this What's the name of the 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 shack with where they give out the uh, yeah. turtle penises? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what, the jumja sticks. Yeah, what yeah. if what's in the repo mat? It's just replicators. So can't you get at what's at the repo mat all over the station? Well, there's people have a social people does require a social aspect. So part of it is oh we want to be able to socialize and everything. Sure, okay. I don't know. All right, no, I, I buy I buy that. Yeah. What's strange to me is that there's not a Bajoran restaurant on the station, even though it's that's the Jum Jaw sticks, right? <laughs> oh, that that's it. That's the the sole total of that's a Bajoran's diet is a uh, Jum stick. <laughs> Isn't that like like a churro? <laughs> yes. There there is a churro that <laughs> Ro Lauren makes, and then and that um. In one of the, I don't know sequentially where TNG is yet, but when Ray Lauren, they make a burrito that's really spicy and kimchi like, mm. but it's a burrito because she, when she joins the Maquis, when Ray Lauren joins the Maquis, she falls in love. I'm mean, not falls in love. There's an old man that when she's a spy for the Mar- Federation, she joins the Maquis because there's an old man that is really into the, uh, I forget the name of it. Son of I know what you're talking about. The stuff that's spicy or whatever. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that. yeah. Hasperat. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. You think so? We think it's like a kimchi. I'm, I'm, a, I'm up with that. I can get some. Well, it's a burrito, but the guy talks about it being um, fermented or something. Yeah, it's, it's a kimchi. It's a burrito with kimchi on it. Even right. better. No, it's it's a burrito made out of kimchi. I think a burrito made out of. But, it. yeah, I think you're right. That sounds yeah. gross. Okay. Hasperat. And I don't know if it ever shows up on DS9. I feel like it might be a TNG thing that never made it to the writer's room at DS9 as a Bajoran thing. Oh, maybe. But that's a that's a whole other tangent. It's kind of like what what James said earlier. I kind of described the whole plot. I mean, it's just a series of, of yeah, yeah. medical mysteries. Yeah. And Garrick laid up. Yeah. The interesting breaks for me are the stories that Garrick tells yeah. about his past. Because mm-hmm. he tells several and which ones are true? Well, all of them are true, except all of them are also lies. Yeah, so it's that Garrick has this sort of like a mental breakdown where he, he looks like he's a methadone addict for one time. And then Bashir tries to get him to go to check him out medically. He refuses. Then later he's called in because Garrick is drunk at the bar so much that Quark is trying to throw him out. And then that's when he passes out. And they find out he's got a wire in his head. Right. And it's also, he only shows up at Quark's until after he's made this clandestine agreement. To try and get something from... To try and get... Quark is trying to get something from Cardassia. Yeah, because he goes up and Bashir follows him and he sees it when Quark's is closing up. He's talking to Garrick and Quark is like, oh, when have I ever let you down? And all this stuff. And it's like, I've never dealt with you at all in all (laughs) the years that I've been on... The station. Yeah. So, so that leads to a whole mystery of just trying to like, what is the wire about? What are they trying to get? And it turns out that lo and behold, the wire is a drug admitter. Like, he, is that what the wire is? Yeah. Well, it controls the endorphin. I have a whole question about what the title of the episode it is. It increases his. It's essentially endorphin. It's making him high. Well, he's got this thing in his brain, but is that the wire or is the wire Odo 
putting the, the wire on him. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think there's like a wire in his brain that releases endorphins so he can't feel pain. Mm-hmm. And he has activated the device because living on DS9 has been so painful for him. So every time we've been seeing him, he's been high as a kite, high on his own <laughs> supply, mm-hmm. because living among Cardassians has been like a living torture. Right. Not Cardassians. Yeah. Well, that's my question, though. Is the implant called, it's the implant, it's all they refer to it as. What is the wire, if that's the title of this episode? I think of the wire is the thing that's in his head. Because Odo also has a wire on him, if we're talking, or on Quark. maybe I'm just, on Quark. on Quark. Yeah, and that's more of the David Simon, like why that show's called that. Like, I think that, Maybe, but I think at the time they probably, it was just going to be that it was the wire in, in his head. Yeah. It's just interesting to me because some t- the with the titles for Deep Space Nine sometimes make sense and sometimes they don't. They, yeah. Right. Like, what is the wire? They don't call it a wire ever. <laughs> you don't know if it's wires wrapped around his brain. They call it, he has an implant in his brain. Yeah, that's that true. creates endorphins. Yeah. Armageddon game didn't have an Armageddon game in <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. No, I mean, that that's a... I don't know why it's called that. There's a lot of those like that. <laughs> well, yeah. What is a mock time? <laughs> yeah, a mock time. Yeah, what is a mock time in the pale moonlight? Like, that means nothing in the course of that episode. That so, feels like a weird... A poetical... Nicholas Meyer, like, Shakespeare reference that nobody gets. Yeah. Or, or but who Bat- knows? Or, or a Tim Burton's Batman reference. So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ever dance with the devil in the pale... In his recovery, <laughs> since he was getting high off... Of, he was addicted to his own endorphins yes is it possible that we could see garrick like running around trying to get a runner's high trying to <laughs> trying to get that high again without the help of the wire <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe that's the translator maybe cardassian endorphins will fuck you up well i think that his constitution is different and they do make that they do show illustrate that when he's talking mm-hmm. about the mumbo jumbo medicine that he shouldn't take because it could end up killing them mm-hmm. yeah they're like oh they have to go find cardassian leukocytes because his are disrupted and they I don't know. I mean, it did. It was interesting to me that oh, the Federation finally doesn't know how to deal with every type of alien. They're like, oh, you know, they talk about humanoids, but they're like, oh, well. And then they're the computer. He's like, computer, fix this, can't you? Or help me. And the computer's like, well, I don't have enough information about dark Cardassian. Cardassian physiology. It's like, well, wasn't this a Cardassian station? That's okay. They wipe the computers or whatever. Yeah, but. Most of the time, they're like, oh, they're humanoids. We can fix anything. They answered that question in the, I noticed in the first half of this episode, because this has like almost no cast, other cast members in it, that they had to give everyone a scene. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think it was yes. probably in there, some sort of union contract. Yes. And that was O'Brien's. When yes. he was... Oh, yeah. And thank goodness, because that's been my one complaint, is that... <laughs> Is that you can't even throw Avery Brooks a line for this, you know, and they (laughs) They gave him a line, right? Yes, and they did in this one. And I'm just like, that's all I want. I just want everybody to make a little (laughs) bit of an appearance. Yeah, right. Oh, he was, he he hypo sprays him in the neck because he's been yelling at ambassadors or something. I wasn't yelling, I was talking very loudly. Or something. Kira has a scene where she comes up and goes, what the hell was wrong with Garrick? And like, that was it. Yeah. That's all she did. <laughs> I like that. Scene. Yeah. And then O'Brien comes in and goes, uh, uh, the Cardassian files are all wiped. I can't do anything with yeah, it. Yeah. It'll take me two weeks to find what you want. And it's like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question about Cardassian physiology too. Uh, so when you go into a Cardassian barbershop, 
is there just the one picture on the wall? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do, do, does everybody just say, give me, give me the Gene Simmons. Like no one ever says like, like, right. like I, I don't know. It's just something I noticed is that even like the women that we've seen all have the same haircut and yeah. it started, are Bajorans the only alien race that we see on Star Trek that has different hairstyles yeah, well, all vulcans have the same hairstyle all romulans have the same hairstyle all klingons yeah. yeah well star trek does have a problem with alien monoculture problem yes. you know yeah, like, yeah that's true yeah like yeah, this planet humans are diverse everyone else is just like every, every other type of alien that they are yes okay so that's all i noticed I, oh we did oh sorry to go way back to the julian dax botanist scene we did get a Bones line. I'm a doctor, not a botanist. Oh, yes. Oh, Ira Stephen Bear. You couldn't help yourself with that one. Okay, so do we want to talk? I mean, this is getting into the point. So it turns out that Garrick was a part of the, let's say, CIA of Cardassia, yeah, which the- is now now you're going about to be introduced into a giant chunk of information that's key for the rest of the show, the Obsidian Order. That's right. So this is a big, big deal thing. It's comparable to the Tal Shiar in Romulans, except you will deal with this a lot. They're the Stasi. They're the secret police. Even the Tal Shiar don't have, yeah. when they're talking, they're doing the exposition scene to Bashir, like who the Obsidian Order is. Like, oh, they're better than the Tal Shiar. The Tal Shiar has nothing on keeping up with what is going on in the Cardassian state. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they're the secret police. They're the Stasi, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Did we- you can't you can't have breakfast on Cardassia without the Obsidian Order knowing what you're doing. So and then oh, it's, are you going to get killed for having the wrong breakfast? It's like people have been killed for less. Yeah. So does that mean does that mean DS Nine is basically Argentina? Or South America <laughs> in, the, in the analog for that Garrick is like a boy from Brazil. Well, right. Except he, he's not there on hell. He can't go back. He would go back to Germany if he could, but he can't go back. He's in official exile. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the whole thing with his adopted father yes. saying, oh, tell Garrick I miss him. But at the same time, oh, he doesn't deserve to, he, he can't die because that would be too good for him. He should suffer. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, it's a great scene because he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I love Garrick. Oh, but at the same time, he's like, no, fuck that guy. Well, I don't think we set up, I don't think we set up what you're talking about. When we do yeah. see an Abertain, the head of the Obsidian Order, the way he feels about Garrick is so obtuse or <laughs> opaque, I guess. Yeah, well, it's 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 almost as complicated as Garrick's stories about himself yeah. and Elam. Yes. Because, yeah, we ha- he tells, what, three stories? The first one... Yeah, let's talk about this. Let's unpack this. There is three different stories. And each... Because I got some issues. Okay, so the first time it was when... He was a goal in the infantry. Well, wait, wait. He, let's, let's talk about Garrick's state. Because I think his emotional okay. state is important, too. Like, I think, like, he... The first time he tells a story, he's, like, full, like, DTs, right? Yeah. It's when he goes to the hospital. Bashir's already found out about the wire. But Garrick just leaves the hospital. Yeah, he goes yeah. back to his room and he's trying to like tranquilize himself with like horse tranquilizers or something. And yeah, tryptocetarine. Yeah, is yeah enough a tryptocetarine to anesthetize an Algorian mammoth. Yes, it's a space horse tranquilizer. Yes, and he uh, he's taking that. Bashir tries to stop him and he kind of full bore rages out on him and he gives the story. What's the story he tells then? He tells the bad story. Yeah, like oh, you want to save me? You why would you want to save me? I was a goal on the end. Let me tell you my story. I was a goal in the infantry. There's a bunch of Bajorans that escaped. My friend Elam tracks him to a Cardassian shuttle. The shuttle would not let me search the shuttle, so I blew up the shuttle 
and Elam. I blew up Elam and 97 civilians. My subordinate Elam tracked them there. I blew up the shuttle and none, nobody escaped alive. Unfortunately, there's a daughter of an official on board, of a Cardassian official on board. So that's why I've been exiled and cannot go to Cardassia any longer. Yes. Because I blew up a ship. But he did followed his orders for Cardassia or whatever. So, yeah. Right. So that, that makes him the... I know that, like, they... The way this came about in the script is that Iris Stephen Bear and Robert Hewitt Wolf couldn't come... They were actually going to write an, a backstory mm-hmm. for Garrick, and they couldn't... They were fighting amongst themselves between the two stories they do tell, the two of the three stories they do tell, and that they they stalemated and put them both in and left it Rashomon. So... So I think that that's an interesting, that's great. That's a good decision. But this was the Butcher of Bucharest version of it. And then like the later is the Oscar Schindler story. Right. The next version is. Which the next story he tells is like two scenes later when now he's ready to accept Bashir's help. Right? Right. Yeah. The first one, he's mainly still cognizant. He's he's more in his head. And yeah. the next one, he's a lot more fucked up and in a bad way. Yeah. He's rock bottom on this one. Right. Is this the one where he gets violent or is it? No, that, the, that was. There's that the third one. Yeah. That was the first, the first one, I thought. No, the first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he's about to kill Bashir or whatever. Yeah. And then he has a seizure or whatever. Then Bashir says, I need emergency medical. Is that? Yes. I would just say that as an aside and not to get too deep into this my wife thought was totally turned off of this episode because garrick was able to punt knock bashir to the ground really what yeah i think because it doesn't it doesn't conform it doesn't conform to later storylines what that garrick is oh no 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 beat up anybody no 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 i know what i know what you're getting at that that totally pisses my wife off and i was like no they they didn't know that that ruins this episode for her i i don't i don't know what you're talking about and i will get into that i don't want to know so yes. shut up. okay all right <laughs> but no yeah so the second story is is that he let the transport go and that's why he's isolated right and what's the third story the third story is one that's fucking mind-boggling to me and both of those oh, si- the third story is where that he, one's combo well, which is the one where he talks about the, the one was not that one elim was not is that the third story yeah that's elim wasn't my subordinate he's my best friend right yeah, okay, so each one of these, the first stories, it makes sense. Bashir has been pushing him this whole time. And I mean, you assume that Bashir is only eating lunch with this guy for over a year. They're not friends, he says that. It's because, like, I assume that, that Cisco had told him to, like, press the clear spy in the room. Like, Well, are they not friends, or is that violent Garrick saying... That's the point, Fuck yeah. You. That's, that's where you start shipping these motherfuckers, because they're... Yeah, like, no, no, that's the course of the episode, but, like... And the only thing, because he's like, and that's also when he talks about like I had this implant in my head to make if I were ever questioned I could get myself high so I could withstand torture but then it was torture being here on this station it's too cold well you're a tailor put a fucking sweater on (laughs) everybody here fucking hates me and wants me to die just to get by I had to do this and the only thing I have to look forward to is going to lunch with you and then he's like I hate you and then like and then then you have Bashir being almost going back to the lines in that Passenger episode in season one was like, okay, yes, Garrick, <laughs> yes, hopelessly actory. But I tried to view it from a different. Uh, I tried to view it from a different perspective where I liked it, and I was able to convince myself I did. Okay, so but okay, so, but he's originally having these lunches with Garrick. He was told to by Cisco, right? Yes, to he try was. and no, figure out what Garrick knows. They've become friends. This episode, he wasn't told to. He likes he likes the clandestine. He likes the spy 
shit. Yes. He wants to be James Bond. To, but theoretically, he's there to figure out, like... But he likes him. He, he's a curious guy. If Garrick is big pussy or not. Yeah, yeah. No, the, no. I'm not saying that they have an emotional reaction, but yeah, I'm saying... but it, he, was, he would have done it even... Would he he's have? not there on orders. He's there because he wants to be, and also it's helpful. Okay, but okay. So the first two, I get that he's pressing Garrick on the truth. And Garrick flashes back with a truth, and they're two incongruous truths. The third one doesn't make sense to me because Garrick wakes up after Bashir has stabilized him, but Garrick is still near death. And Garrick says, I need to confess something. And he tells a story as a confession because I need someone to forgive me. But the confession is, is that Elam is, was a friend of his. Uh-huh. And at the end, even that's bullshit. So I don't understand. Yeah, that's what's so great about but it. But I don't understand. Yeah, I get th- I, I get th- that it's complicated, but I don't get why. You- because even his bullshit is said with, because truth doesn't matter to him. And then also, what if Elam. Why did he need to lie? Was it a lie? Why did he need to say anything? Was it a lie? Even no, if- he's Elam Garrick. He's Elam Garrick. Well, yeah, but even if you see Elam as a part of him that he betrayed, like, Uh-oh. is it a lie? Is he telling the truth through the lie? Because he's, you know, like part of him wanted to rat on himself. I think part of here's what I think my theory is. I, I think it's like way is... more complicated and because it's not true, I think that makes... Oh, that's the last line of the episode. If yeah. it were able to be sorted out and where you could see that he's not lying to Garrick, that he was telling the truth, or that he was not being sincere in his lie, that would have ruined the whole episode yeah, for me. That, and that's but those of... lies are so sincere and that's what makes Garrick such a good character. Well, I think it's a, mm-hmm. it's also a tactic, a spy tactic, is that you're able to come up with so many different narratives that nobody can really untangle them. Mm-hmm. I think that's his, like a, some sort of like defense, like a professional defense mechanism. It's very believable. Right. And then when they're fighting, when they do that, I hate you. That was so Brokeback Mountain. I loved it. But this time, no, it wasn't the third time he specifically told it. It's like that he had no need to spin a tail. He didn't have to say anything. It's that he called Bashir over to confess this. Now, you're right that there may have been some sort of... That's the best way, I think, to understand is what you yeah, just said. for him to tell a lie... Is that there's a, nugget, that there's a nugget of a confession, and he needed to confess. For right. him to tell a sincere lie... To him, it's just as meaningful to tell a tr- telling the truth doesn't have it. It's the sincerity behind it that that has any meaning. Well, what is this? Define a sincere lie. Huh? Well, James, define a sincere. Well, we, there's, there's, there's way, ways to James. Look at it. If you get if you don't tell a third story, period, you have a binary option for what is truth. Mm-hmm. You've got the first story and you've got the second story, and which one's true? Mm-hmm. By coming up with a third one altogether, you get that confession out that you need to be absolved for whatever, and you're also blowing up the whole thing. You know, you you're blowing the first two things up to begin with. Do you know what I mean? Confusing. Yeah. No, that's the way. That's probably. And also, right. he says he says I need to be forgiven for whatever I've done. And Bashir says I need to be forgiven. And no, he says I need to be forgiven for what I've done. And then Bashir says I will f- I forgive you for whatever it is that you've done. Right. Yeah. And also, he's telling a lie, but also it's telling stories. That's how you create meaning for anything. Is you tell stories, and whether or not Elam Garrick Elam is him. But also, well, that's, in a way, maybe Elam's a part of him that he's telling a story about. Yeah. I mean, that's just 
That's how fiction is great. Yes. That's how. And he does say the last, the last line of the episode is. Was none of it true? Oh, the lies were the truth. The the lies lies were were the, especially. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That Bashir said, you know, that these, you've told me so many lies and truths. And he goes that they were all true. They're all true. He said even the lies. And he said, especially the lies. So, I mean, I think you're right is that he's trying to incept. Like he's trying to like put a lie within a lie within a lie. That's the truth that he gets to be absolved from. That it just took me a while to think of it because it was not clear why he was waking up to confess this in the first place. But absolution is probably the answer. Right. So, well, I mean, it's because right. even as Inabrantane points out, like when Bashir is like, wait a minute, I need to ask you about this guy, this named Elim, Elim. Uh-huh. And then Inabrantane just, just laughs to himself like, oh my God, he always had a gift for obfuscation. Yeah. Which... And that's that's how he yeah that's part of what's great about Garrick as a character. It's like that's how he views the world. He tells the lies are more important than telling the truth. The reason he doesn't wake up from in his vulnerable state and tell Bashir the truth of the story is because that's not how he that's not how he sifts and interprets the world. He works through lies. And yeah. that's he, he doesn't find truth in lies, so he's not going to tell him the truth. When he's trying to unload his heart about something, he's not going to tell the real story. He's going to tell a virgin, a fabrication of it that has the truth that he wants to tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I just wanted to, I needed to talk that out. I didn't think it was necessarily bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just, I mean, I didn't think it was a bad thing. I was just trying to like, it was at the time, it struck me both times I watched it as a little bit something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, opaque. Maybe opaque to the point where I wanted to work it out. I will say, though, that Inabrantain, now that we're talking about him, is the best name. I don't know who came up with that name, but I think that name is just... Yeah, it's a great name. Perfect. Yeah. It's a great name. Yeah, he's not a goal. That most of you know, Cardassians are goal something, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, even the goals are afraid of him. And it's yeah. just like, that's a great it's name. Great. Yeah, right. He's played by an actor like who you see in everything. Mm-hmm. Like He's played by... Uh, a. I had his name somewhere. Dooley, I think. But he's, yeah, he's in like literally everything. I think. I mean, he's in a children's hospital from last year. He's just in a ton of stuff. <laughs> so he's, I like these working actors when they can still. Yeah, you know. yeah. You guys want to unpack Odo? You want to talk about o- Odo? Yeah, is yeah. that what you were about to say? Yeah, I was going to say, let's, you want to unpack. Odo is got, when he finds out that Garrick might or may have been a member of the Obsidian Order, has a real hard on to, uh, yeah. <laughs> To like get to the bottom of some shit. Here's four unsolved homicides that he thinks Obsidian Order was responsible for, and he goes hard into the paint to try to get that information <laughs> from from Garrick. And uh, so much so that we see him like doggedly try to get at him. We really haven't seen that side mm-hmm. of Odo before, or we haven't seen it in a while, at least. The dogged, yeah, and he could, and his methods like. It's, yeah. I mean, we brought it up earlier, but just like as a pre 9 11. He's like Rudy Giuliani's in there. Surveillance state. Think. He's like, yeah. Or it's in a pure NSA type. Yeah. Snowden type shit. Okay, can we say that, like, or, or let's just ask, I don't know because I don't know the answer to this. If we were to go back to 1994, would, I feel like, like. He would be the bad guy if he were made now because. That's what I'm saying. He's, the- I fairly, I really feel like this whole stuff is playing with real fire to, to our audience. Yeah. I mean, even Bushir's not comfortable with it. He's like, whoa, is this legal? It's like, well, it's, it's helping security of the station and the show's yeah. kind of on us, you know, Federation would not agree with it, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's it's a little, it's playing with fire. You're right. They yeah. even pushed something else earlier on in a non-unrelated scene in the scene between Bashir and Garrick when they're talking about the, whatever, the shitty book. He's saying that why it's seven stories about fidelity to the state that's boring. And he goes, that's spoken like a true federation. Like the federation has some sort of overarching individualistic society sort of 
ethos, which I've never really attached to the Federation, but I, the more I thought about it, the more it sounds right. You know, like they are very personal space, personal identity, all that kind of stuff, much more than the other races around them. Yeah. So that gets well, yeah, and back to Odo. It's a lot easier to view that. It's like the never ending sacrifice because it's all about just doing what it's interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. to me, it makes sense. The Federation point of view, like don't sacrifice yourself for the good of the state. Yeah. But it's the individual is more important. But that's not what Cardassians believe. Yeah. And it's almost like this. I mean, I don't yet again, like and this is an Irish even better script, but it's a it's another very libertarian sort of aspect of the Federation. More libertarian than I think that Gene Roddenberry cared to focus on. Because Gene Roddenberry was more about liberalism, fixing the problems, codifying the, a system that fixes the world's problems, which is very leftist. Yeah. But this is more about like individual freedoms and expressing yourselves and don't, you know, the good parts of liber- libertarianism. Right. But I think I think the Cardassians are set up as such like a fascist status, yeah. state that mm-hmm. anybody... I mean, and it's really straining. Klingons, by contrast, would be. Yeah, yeah. It's really straining the idic thing to like, oh, okay. But that's what they're doing here Mm because they're like, Eric is a good Cardassian, and it's like, okay, we're going to respect that, I guess. They they sacrifice so much to the state that they all have the same haircut. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then seven generations of sacrificing and dying for just to be good. And and Garrick, I feel, does see that as the way to be a person. Mm-hmm. So now to tie that into... The Odo stuff, where I, I felt like I felt like they, they, I think we all think they're playing with two, with fire that they didn't think they were playing with in 1990. Right? Yeah. I, oh yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't feel like they're fully aware of what they're what, what we're looking at whenever they throw that stuff in that authoritative, authoritative, yeah. you know, yeah. big brother. Because I, I think I think that we're supposed to think that that's just that's lovable Odo. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Dog and Odo, justice. Yeah. And Bashir says at one point, it's like, do you have one of these in my room? And and his Odo is like, yeah. why should I? And it's, oh, uh, we all chuckle. It's like, yeah, but it's supposed to be a light moment. You know what? He might even have one. We don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, several times they did this as played off as a joke. But the real off moment for me was in the scene where Bashir puts up the, the hard wall against Odo because Odo is wanting to waken a sedated Garrick and put the screws to him to find out these information and Bashir is just having none of that shit mm-hmm. and puts it off at the end of that scene Odo comes off so strong in that scene but at the end after Bashir stands up and lets him know that you know no dice this is bullshit Odo begrudgingly gives him like a respectful look and walks away and that just read that doesn't read false to me for Odo. That reads false to me as that a character that was that sacrificing of civil liberties for the good of catching bad guys. Right. That kind of character in a show today would not have just shrugged his shoulders and, no. oh, you right. got me, Bashir, and walked away. Well, that what they yeah. should have shown is Patience of the Spider. They should have shown that. Like, if he's going to walk away, yeah. you have to know that he's not going to drop it right after putting that big of a stink up about it. And <laughs> yeah. and it did. It was weird because he was just like, all right, well, I guess I'm that's you know, and just <laughs> left. And I'm like, yeah. And, and that's my thing about him being a good doctor. I think, and this is what bothers me about it, because this whole episode is about his friendship with Garrick. And I think what he goes through to save Garrick He's doing as a a friend first and a doctor second. I think (laughs) that that's the impression that like he's being when he goes to Cardassia to get the schematics for the wire. Mm -hmm. He's doing that because he's his friend. 
I don't think it's because yeah. the Hippocratic yeah. oath. It is, but then oh, at I the agree. same time, oh, no. he hand waves, and then when they're having their broke bad mountain fight, uh, he's like, <laughs> I'm doing this because I'm your doctor. Right. And you're my patient. But even, I mean, we, we don't believe, that's the point, is that we don't believe that. It's like, yeah. Bashir, you're not that good of a doctor that we, uh, we think that you're going to, you know. We don't know that he wouldn't do that for someone else, but we do know that him and Garrick have right. some very, there's some, there's some electricity between them, sure. Yeah. He wish he knew how to quit him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he doesn't know how. Yes. Anyway, that's my th- that's my sort of problems with with Bashir. Broke, broke back replement. <laughs> you guys want to get into? I mean, we've kind of. I think we've. Pretty yeah. picked over this one pretty well. You guys have anything yeah. you want to change? Yeah, I got a big one, and it's something a thing we haven't talked about much. Is that I think the an- we might be on the same page here because I mine has to deal with the scene too. Oh, the Anabrantain scene. Oh no. We're different then. No, okay. I've got a different scene. Yeah, okay. I'm going to change. You go uh, ahead. Okay. Oh, I like the Anabrantain scene a lot. I don't mind the scene, the content of the scene, but the getting there required mm. me to ask 100,000 questions. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And that's just makes for like, what? Who gave him a runabout to go invade Cardassian space? Why, like, why would Cisco ride off to that? Why would he secretly know where the head of the Obsidian Order is located? I'm sure that's not on Google Earth. Oh, uh, well, Garrick did mention that he retired or did come up that he'd retired to an address in one of Garrick's stories he mentions that Anabrantain retired to a certain planet that I don't remember okay okay that's fine okay so he gets there he then by the time he gets there Anabrantain who suspiciously knows everything yes knows everything and that's cute but he's also notified the military that a Federation runabout is going to invade to quiz the head of all of intelligence and everybody's fine with this. He comes and goes basically at will. That it broke my brain to like that the suspension of belief that this all of these events happened were so so mind-boggling to me and it seems so simple to fix it. You need to have the scene with Anabrantain. Yeah. Anabrantain is a great character. Anabrantain fulfills fills in so much about who Garrick is. It's great. I mean, he's he goes on forever. Like he's in several episodes over the rest of the series and is great. You have to have that scene, but why not just have Bashir? I mean, because Anabrantain wants to give him the information, right? Right. And he knows all of the situation that's going on. So just have, why don't Bashir go into his office one day or maybe Bashir tries to call Gul Dukat to try and get in touch with Anabrantain and Gul Dukat tells him to go fuck off. We're not touching that. And then See. Bashir goes back to his apartment and Anabrantain is in Bashir's apartment. That way I don't have to, the questions I have to ask is, wow, how did someone in the city in order get into the Deep Space Nine? Well, it happens. It happened two episodes ago, but you don't, I don't have to See, ask a billion questions about why it didn't the fucking, why didn't they kidnap and torture Bashir? Which well, is all I, I can answer uh, that for you. Like, why didn't they? I will, I, I will, maybe the one thing I would have changed is similar to what you're talking about, but it's already been set up that he retired to this planet. And also he's not the head of the Obsidian Order anymore. He's retired, but he's such but a badass. But they make it clear, but they make it clear that he has so much power. That well, he that's because he's such a badass he's mm-hmm. even without being the head of it nobody's gonna and even in this in one of garrick's stories he says even the central command is afraid of goal of a sure. nobody's mm-hmm. gonna fuck with a mm-hmm. at all so a the question is my question is 
how did Julian get away with stealing a runabout? Because it's been set up, you have to ask Cisco for one, for the keys. All of that's good questions. And all of that is hand-waved over to get to the scene with Anabrantain. Right. Well, but then Anabrantain says, I knew you were Anabrantain, even on Twitter, but somebody was joking about how it was confusing that the Cardassians don't have a, a video recording of everything going on in the station. Yeah. And then I said, ha ha. And then later on, I was like, wait a minute, Anabrantain probably does. That he doesn't know, and mm-hmm. he, he's got he's got enough going on. He still has shit hidden, probably on DS Nine that nobody knows about. He knows exactly. He knows that Bashir likes Tarkalian tea, yes. and whatnot. So the thing, my question was like, how did Bashir just steal a runabout? Because it, it sets up in the scene that he was not announced. He didn't say I'm coming or anything. And it's a little wishy-washy. Like he just teleports down and is surprised when an Aubrantain knows that he's going to be there. Like, how do you get through Cardassian space without saying I'm coming? Exactly. A million leaps of logic have to take place for this scene. I mean, but... And it all just... Uh, well, for this scene to take except place. the explanation is I can accept that Bashir is acting brashly and just rushing off to save his friend or whatever and acting stupid. And then an Aubrantain knowing exactly what's going on and an Aubrantain even says, oh, you made it here because I told people that you were coming and not. To, he's like, oh, you made it. You made it through unhampered, huh? And that's surprising. Oh, that's because I told them they'll let you through. He even brings up that it's impressive that he got through without being stopped. So no, but it, the question is, when you say stuff handling. like, but it, when you say stuff like that, but it's mentioned, scene, but they do it, it sets off little synapses in our brain as the audience, and we start like thinking about what could have been or what happened to try to fill in the blanks. Where what James is saying is by just having them appear there because there's been a precedent for it, and because they're spooks, it would you would just be focusing on the scene at hand. I, I see what you're see, saying. See, it sounds like you were focused on the like the every step that made that happen. For me, that just showcased. How he got through all that stuff just showcased how much of a badass Anabrin Tain is. Right. I, and I want to keep that. He shouldn't have been able to. And it's only because Anabrin Tain said all Anabrin Tain has to do is say, hey, oh, I know you're freaking out about this guy. I know about it. Let him through. And then everybody says, oh, shit, it's Anabrin Tain. We're going to let him through. And that's all he has to do. That's, it's as easy as Anabrin Tain saying, make it happen. Okay. The confusing part to me is that he stole a runabout that easily. Right. Yeah, I mean, like it's all this, this it's, it's, what, it's it's a step too far. Well, it's an event that's maybe too far. Even in the fo- the point of saying that Anabrantain's a badass and knows a lot of shit, I'm willing to believe all of that shit to a point. And the idea that he could, I don't know, it's just it's mind boggling. See the well, this, the idea that he could shut down all the Cardassian defenses and let Bashir through is mind boggling to you. That they would allow someone to have contact with a retired. CIA officer across enemy lines without anyone in the military, without anyone of the operation CIA, of the current active CIA, to have any sort of questions or qualms about it is a power that the world has never seen. And I don't he's, think like... Well, he's half retired one. And that's that's what makes... He does have that power. If that's a, what, if a the, known that's terrorist... That's why the Obsidian Order is such a badass. If a, known, if a known terrorist wanted to fly into this country... To, Talk to Henry Kissinger, and then fly. I mean, yeah, Henry but Kissinger that's. I mean, it's Cardassia. There, if somebody, if Stalin said, "Let this guy through." and they had the way to check it out, they might have done that. Well, I think what our problem is, is that this episode would have benefited tremendously from being a two-parter, where, you know, the first episode... Well, so, he, yeah. He, I, the I first epi- I mean, just like the last two-parter we had with the Maquis, we got lots of good scenes that didn't leave anything to the imagination, that filled in logic gaps mm-hmm. really well. But that was that was requiring so many different characters. This is 
just Bashir and Garrick. Well, I see that, but I think that if you have one episode where Garrick gets diagnosed... You had the Adam West Cardassian earlier on. All you had to do was mention the uh, the Obsidian Order and whoever that person playing the other Cardassian that Quark talks to. Doesn't like Adam West. Well, see, this is what I'm. my problem was, and this is what I wanted to change, was I felt like our Odo storyline was unceremoniously dropped. And I would have liked... Mm-hmm. I, I liked how they tied it up at the end. It was dropped, and then it was like called back in the very last where Garrick is having lunch with Bashir, and they're talking, and... Garrick explains that Odo's got questions and how would he get that that idea. I would just like to have a 30-second scene where Garrick is conscious and laying in bed and and Odo turns from a, like a plant in the corner into Odo and says, I have some questions about the obsidian order. <laughs> and then they and then they fade, they fade or cut to the hijinks with Bashir on Cardassia. And then you and then you have the scene at the end where Garrick explains that. Uh, you, do you know what I mean? Just like a just one yeah. special effect shot, a couple lines. I feel like a couple something like that here or there. A scene with Cisco asking for a shuttle. My whole thing is just like the card, the Obsidian Order. You can shut down a Cardassian just by saying the Obsidian Order. And even Quark, once Quark hears Obsidian Order, he's like, "Oh shit, I'm out." He cuts off the transmission with the Adam West Cardassian. But to go to your point with Cisco, there is actually uh, both writers talk about a cut scene from this from this screenplay or from this. Tele- play where I, I don't know the issues surrounding it but Bashir was talking to Cisco I don't know if it was about the runabout but he was talking to Cisco and Cisco tells him an, a story you get like a monologue by Cisco where he tells a story about early in his career he was taken in by a Tal Shiar spy he had made friends with someone he thought that they were working together and he was going to sort of commit himself to helping this spy and he was basically double crossed and he would have died for this Tal Shiar spy and would have totally been snared by him except for Curzon Dax saved him and sort of taught him the ropes and so it was about Cisco was telling Bashir look have you have you hardened your heart are you falling not like yeah are you falling are you falling for his for, for him are you falling in love with him because you know he is a spy and if if you commit too much to his machinations and his web of lies you know you could get ensnared yeah that would have been fantastic and that was cut i think probably for time see i don't know i that would i don't i think i like that cut because in that case it just maybe i don't who knows how it would have sold in the final show but it does sell garrick as just a manipulator where but don't you think that that runs that risk shouldn't this show have shouldn't this episode have a little bit of that that bashir is running a risk by committing too much to garrick yeah that's true and i think i mean the ending could be the same i think that's implied and it could be more heavy it's just like if you yeah, no, you're right, but I I wouldn't want it to. I like the ambiguity of it. I wouldn't want it to be like he's just. But I think at the end, you're right. It is set up. That it could be. Perhaps, st- you could still have the amb- ambiguous ending. Yeah, you're right. But it could still be. You know, like I I feel like the risk for Bashir in this episode is he might be lied to. You know, where it might. It's not so much that that he might be lied to, but that he might be ensnared in something that you know he can't he can't wiggle out of. Yeah, yeah. He might just. You know, he might be a patsy and all in a bigger story. That would have been sort of nice to had a touch on. But other than that, yeah, no. I mean, this was a good episode. I think a. I, I think I. You don't think it's a great episode? I I don't know. I love. I liked the I, I Rocky episode a lot, and I liked Blood Oath 
quite a bit. I don't, th- I feel like we're in a cluster of good episodes. Yeah. 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 I think this is a fine episode. Yeah. I wouldn't put it in top 10 of all of Star Trek. And I'm pers- my personal top 10. I don't even know if it would make it personal top 10. Of Deep Space Nine? I don't think it would either. Do you guys want to guess? Did you already look on and see what the IMDb folks uh, gave this? I never do. <laughs> I, I promise you, Hugh, I will always strive sort of to. I will sort of strive to almost not ever look. Okay, so wait, wait. So let's get some let's get some bearings here. Duet was eight point three. Is that right? I don't remember. I don't know. I thought Duet was like eight point nine or something crazy. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really high up there. Okay. Who wants to guess? I'm gonna guess eight. I'm gonna guess eight point three. Eight point five. Is it eight point two? But it's got a high amount okay. of people who voted, uh, six hundred and thirty, which is extremely high. We usually we a- we go into like the low five hundreds, so mm-hmm. it seems to be a well liked episode. What? Yeah. What do we? And, and is one of those episodes that everybody talks about. Everybody for talks DS9. about it. It is a consensus top ten episode. Oh my it's god! It's probably not my. It's probably not my ten top ten. I just looked to see what we're talking about next week. Yep. Uh, what, James, oh, you go- oh your favorites. <laughs> you you guys uh, your favorite thing in all of DS9 we're gonna, is we're gonna the, we get to have to unpack our feelings about the mirror universe oh my god alright you guys hate it for some reason alright well, well we'll see <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna revisit it and see if I could uh, reconsider I like all them by versions of all the characters that but, are but, bad guys to, not cause I'm homophobic <laughs> but to, to, to buttress the idea that I hate the mirror universe it is a Peter Allen Fields episode oh Yep. So, um, and it does well, introduce... Maybe, a, maybe we need to kill your love of Peter Allen Fields before he leaves us. No, no, no. I, this <laughs> is the, the episode where he leaves us. Is the, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't know. I watched ahead. I don't hate this episode. Spoiler alert, I don't hate this episode. All right. <laughs> we'll leave it there. All right. Is that it? Yep. Yep. All right, gentlemen. Three to beam out. All right. <laughs> Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes. Please follow us on Twitter at AcquisitionPod. And on Tumblr at the rules of AcquisitionPodcast.tumblr.com. This is fine, just keep telling yourself this will all be fine. Say it over and over again. This is fine. 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 Don't worry people. You weren't really enjoying the country anyway.